Welcome to the podcast Benzo Tired. I'm your host, Naftal Benesti, and I'm Dutch. Join me on my journey into the world of benzodiazepines, withdrawal, bind, and more. Disclaimer, always consult your physician for medical advice. This is episode three, Wisdom in Benzo Hell. It's October 25th, 2022. It's February 2022. I'm still severely deathly ill because of um, too rapid benzodiazepine withdrawal, but I don't know what's happening. I'm not aware that what I've been doing was tapering myself too rapidly on benzodiazepines. So I'm around five milligrams of uh, diazepam. I started somewhere around seven, kept making reductions, kept being severely ill, barely sleeping. Uh, around this time, I was taking Seroquel, which is Ketapine, for a while, but I felt like it turned me into a zombie. So instead of being a walking corpse, I turned into a walking zombie. So I somewhere, I'm not ex- exactly sure when I did this, but I did stop taking that. Um, I kind of tapered myself very quickly off of it, like within a few days. And I remember quitting that drug. I didn't sleep for two days. Um, but that was it. It was over and I was not addicted or dependent on Seroquel, which I will get, um, I will elaborate a little bit more about Seroquel slash Ketapine later. But for now, I somewhere I, I, I get off it. Now, the symptoms are endless. So this is just hell, benzo hell. Um, let me name some of my symptoms. Um, I'm probably going to miss some some of them, but I would have hot and cold spells. So I remember it's in the middle of the winter. It's freezing outside. I must be severely confused as well. And I'm thinking I'm on fire. My body is on fire. I am just so hot. I am just on fire, I'm burning, and I'm having these flu-like symptoms. And I remember thinking, is it me or is the weather in December? All of a sudden, is it super hot outside? I remember opening my, my bedroom window and I feel this icy wind against my skin, but I am just burning up and I'm like, oh, it's me. But then the next day I'd be freezing and I'd be so cold and I'd be so pale and just like, again, a walking corpse and very close to uh, to the fireplace, almost too close. Like normally a person may burn, but I was just so cold and I'm so sick. And I, I've, somehow I've managed to stay alive in February because I'm still kind of amazed that I made it because I was just so sick. I would have restless leg syndrome almost always when I try to fall asleep. I am oftentimes unable to walk properly. I'm jittery. I'm having tremors. Um, walking is a challenge. Um, the first time that that happened to me in acacia, I, I I think it's hard to pronounce, but just the jittery stuff and just having to move, but like all these kind of like jittery moves, like not normal moves. And I remember that for a long time, taking a fucking shower would be the goal of the day. And I wasn't shaving at the time because I was too afraid that I would cut myself open because I just couldn't stay still. And again, I am barely sleeping in this time, barely. So my days are unforgivably long, really long. This is what I remember. I would like, 
I slept for one or two or three hours. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I just know that I can't fall asleep again. So I have this very strict sleeping regimen. So there's no naps during the day. Uh, I try to stay true to the cognitive behavioral therapy that I've had. So sleeping is for in the evenings and not during the day. So it was me really being like, oh, it's 5 a.m. I'm allowed to get go to bed and try to get some sleep at 11 p.m. Gosh, this day is so long. And every minute I am suffering. I am just suffering so much. It is so horrible. It's so awful. And I am just hoping and praying that I'll get better. I don't know shit. And I'm just hoping that one day I will make it out of hell. And, you know, I just don't know what to do. And cognitively, I am in very bad shape. I don't know what day it is anymore. I truly do not know what day it is. Is it a Wednesday? I don't know. Is it Saturday? Could be. I don't know. I am forgetting everything. Everything. My memory is not working. It's not functional. My brain is almost not functional. Um, I'm having trouble eating. I'm not hungry. Um, Luckily, I don't lose a lot of weight, but I do lose some weight in that period of time. I have zero appetite and I am just, again, it's a life of death. I am just a walking corpse that exists somewhere in hell and I'm in total shock trying to survive. I am trying to stay alive and that's about it. Maybe I'm trying to do the basics to stay alive even though I'm having radical thoughts in terms of death. I'm not suicidal but I remember a few times that the suffering was so unbearable. I mean, it was, everything was unbearable. It was an intolerable. It was inhumane. I mean, the list, I can go on with this, but you know what I mean if you've been through this, but um, it's just, just endless, endless suffering, endless. But I do remember a few times where, I mean, I must've traumatized my partner with this, but I was like, just end me, please end me. This suffering is too much. And did I mean to like be suicidal? No, I didn't. I, di- I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to suffer so much all the time. It was intolerable. It was like, oh my God, I have like so many crazy thoughts because this is also what happens in too rapid benzo withdrawal, or just in general, benzodiazepine withdrawal. You lose your shit. So you're just, it's just crazy. I was having all these radical thoughts and I was angry because my mind would not stop working. It was barely working, but it was just constantly thinking about everything. Like, how the fuck did I end up here? How the fuck did I end up in this hell? I never signed up for any of this shit. I thought I was getting a pill to sleep, and now I'm having a a, a trillion symptoms that are just so debilitating, and I'm so, so sick, and I just couldn't believe that a sleeping pill could cause this much drama, terror, just hell. So I'm, I'm clawing my way through life. It's a life of death. I, I, I wouldn't even call it a life. It's just inhumane. It's just terrible, awful. And I get emotional and I get loud because it was just, I was so sick and it was just so inhumane. And someone should have stepped in. Someone should have stepped the fuck in and tried to help me because I was deathly ill. But, you know, in the end, as for many of us, unfortunately, we have to go and find answers. So at some point where I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm barely functioning, but at some point I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to look for help. I need to look for information. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the only one that's suffering this way, but maybe not. And I'm just, I'm so confused. I, 
was never told that this could happen, and so I go online. Now, I have to say I was thinking later and now, sometimes I'm like rethinking. I'm like, why didn't I go online before? Well, the answer is simple. I put my faith in doctors. And maybe I was very aware of not going on the internet because maybe I'd find horror stories and I was like, yeah, you know, internet, it can be great. All this information that's available, it's great. But you will have misinformation. You will have fake news, whatever. I mean, that is a, a subject in, in, at least in my country now, like what is real? What is the fucking truth? So um, I was daunted by that. I was like, no, let me put my faith in someone who actually went to school for this shit. And, you know, lo and behold, they don't learn shit about benzos in the long-term use and how to safely come off them. But okay, I didn't know any of this before. So I go online and I'm like, what do I even type? What do I search for? I want to die? What do I look for? Uh, benzo hell? Or what do I fuck? What do fuck? I'm so confused. And I'm so miserable. But I think I just ended up typing something called benzodiazepine withdrawal. Now, I go, the way that I go about this is I'm looking for English information because, I don't know, more people speak English? I don't even remember, remember why. And the first thing that I find is the benzo book. I'm like, a book about benzos? Someone wrote a fucking book? Okay, wow. Wow, someone wrote a book about it? Okay, this I gotta read. So I get hold of the book. And I start reading. Now, again, I am cognitive, impaired. I am not, I'm, I'm a walking corpse, so I try to make sense of this book. And I'm trying to make sense of information that, that is about to come my way. And everything is just very fragmented. I remember this. I'm like, I'm so, I'm deathly ill, but I need to figure out what the fuck is wrong with me. Because I'm, you know, I, I am even doubtful if I'll make it. At this point in time, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Apparently nobody does. And I don't know if I'm going to make it. There was a very, very dark time. So I kind of read my way through the Benzo book written by Jack Hobson DuPont. And I'm so grateful for finding this book. And, well, I have to say that my inner journalist is born. Because from that moment in time, I start to really look for all different kinds of stories and I've, I'm finding so many things in the course of the next few months um and I'm just fascinated well maybe because it concerns me I'm dying I'm I'm, I'm living a life of death it's horrible and I'm reading through this book and there the, so the first time that I kind of speed through this book I am reading that he so Jack Hobson DuPont took years to taper benzos and like years are you fucking kidding me? I'm like in denial. I'm like, whoa, years, years of agony, years of hell. No, I will not do this. I will not be a person that takes years to come off these drugs. And the reason why I was so upset about this, well, first of all, no one told me it could potentially be years. And I was thinking like, I'm going to do this in a month with my second taper. That's how I started. Like maybe a month, maybe a bit longer, but not you know, soon, fast, I want to stop suffering. And I, my heart just drops because of this, like years, oh my God. And especially in the condition that I was in, I was on a way too low dose of benzos and I was just, you know, in acute withdrawal, whatever you want to call it, I was just deathly ill. 
And I'm reading this uh, story about him and I see similarities. Uh, there are symptoms that he's describing. I'm having those symptoms. So at least I was like, oh, I'm not the only one that is becoming really sick because of these fucking drugs. And quite soon I'm reading about the Ashton Manual. I've, I, by that time, I've never heard of that before. This is the first time that I hear about the Ashton Manual. I'm like, what, what is an Ashton Manual? <laughs> like, what is that? But okay, obviously I need to go and check that out. Another thing that I am reading is that he started that way. He started with using the Ashton Manual. So there's a big difference because here I am on five fucking milligrams of diazepam after like maybe three to four months before I was on nine milligrams of fluorazepam. And so he does a conversion. I'm like, what is a conversion? Okay, Quite simple, actually. You replace one dose of your original benzo and then you kind of taper that and you kind of instate the Valium or the diazepam. None of that happened with me. I'm like, I just got told that I would have to switch instantly. So at least I know that, okay, whatever his story was or is, that's not completely my story. But it's a sign that, you know, things went pretty fucked up in my situation. So I'm like, um, okay, I'm confused. Years. I don't want to take years, especially in this state of acute hell that I'm in constantly. Um, I'm not going to do that. That was my first thought. I am not going to take years to come off benzos in this state because don't. And then also I'm reading that he, for the first two years in his taper, he was barely sleeping. Now he is functioning with two or three hours of sleep. And with me, I'm like, I will not, I mean, I was kind of already sleeping maybe two or three hours, but I'm like two years of barely sleeping. And, you know, like all these radical thoughts are going through and inside my brain. And I'm like, why did I want to come off again? Because <laughs> I'm suffering so much. I want to come off, but what was the reason again? Because I'm so ill. Well, the reason was because I felt like the drugs weren't helpful in terms of sleep. They weren't. Actually, they were causing all this bullshit right now. I mean, how ironic is that? So you take a benzo for insomnia, and it helps you, maybe, and then you want to come off them, and then you get rebound insomnia that can last years. I'm like, that is so ironic. Same thing for anxiety. I've never had anxiety, so I, I, I struggle kind of talking for those people because I, I'm not aware, I'm not familiar with anxiety issues. But then, so you take a benzo for anxiety for a longer period of time, and you want to come off, and you get super anxious. What the actual fuck is this? So after speed reading through the book, the benzo book, I go over to the Ashton Manual. I remember, I think I found it in English, which is fine for me. There is a Dutch translation, which I found later, checked it out. I was like, okay, it's very literal. Thank goodness I speak good English. I can read it well. Thank God. Yay. Um... So, oh my gosh, the Ashton Manual, there's going to be so much discussion about the Ashton Manual. First of all, praise her. Gosh, you know, so grateful for this woman. Awesome. Like, she is a hero to everybody, and I get why. So bear with me. This is the first time that I'm seeing opening on the website the, ben uh, the Ashton Manual. So I'm a, I'm a benzo noob. I don't know anything about benzos. I'm starting to learn about benzodiazepines. And the first thing that I see is a, a headshot of Dr. Heather Ashton. I'm like, okay, this seems like a very dated photograph. Like oversized glasses. Was this made in the 80s or what? I'm like, okay, well, 
I'm, I'm seeing different chapters and I'm just very, you know, I'm very confused. I'm just not okay mentally, cognitively, everything. But I'm trying to get myself informed now. And what the first thing, I don't, I'm in denial. I don't want to be a patient that is suffering. So there's, I'm struggling a lot with everything. Obviously, makes sense. Logically, I'm just so ill. And I'm like, wait, I am one of these people now. And I think the first time that I read it, I'm frustrated. I see the schedules of all the other benzos, but I'm not seeing a taper schedule for Florazepam. Apparently, the brand name is Delmane. And I remember first time I'm clicking it away. I'm like, I don't want, ugh, I don't want this. I don't want this. So I'm just so messed up. But you know, by now I must have read it like a thousand times. So um, I check it out again, and I'm 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 struggling to, you know, get the information properly processed in my brain because that is uh, a challenge. Really, it's really a challenge for me to think. Okay, so I'm 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 checking it out, and I guess one of the first things that I remember is the countless symptoms that she described. I'm having almost all of these symptoms. I am not crazy. This is me. She is describing me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what what have I become? What's happened to my life? I'm just so so shocked. Anyway, so I, I, I try to make sense of everything that she is saying, that she's writing or she wrote, and I am just, just very, very shocked, extremely shocked. But I feel that, that I'm onto something. This is, I think this is it. This is it. This is what I should have known all along. And this is what my doctor should have known about all along. This is it. I feel like I, this is jackpot. Not necessarily in a good way, but, you know, yes and no, this is what we need. But I'm like, okay, this is it. This is it. Okay, let me try to make sense of all of this, what, she's, what she wrote. Okay, so where do I even start? What do I do? Now, I'm going to start off with this. So I am very happy with the Asher Manual. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I cannot, words cannot describe. However, my first kind of frustration or... My struggle was that I did not begin with the Ashton Manual. I just made something up and started on 7 milligrams of diazepam instantly, no crossover, nothing. And I'm on 5 milligrams. So I'm kind of looking for a chapter that, that says what you should do when you taper too rapidly. It's not there. So I'm like, okay, it's really cool and awesome that I'm getting all this information, but Obviously, this is not how my story went. So what do I do? I'm just, I wish there was some sort of standard protocol for me. Someone benzo wise would tell me this is what you got to do right now. And I just, I, I couldn't find it. And I was very, I mean, I, I think I really actually struggled with that, with the fact that I started so low on my benzos too rapidly for months. I was like, what do I do? I am so deeply confused and I just want to get out of this hell and I just, I didn't know what to do. So it was, it was hard. It was, it was a very, very rough time, but at least I had something now. 
And I think one of the first things, like a, a thousand, a thousand things are happening all at the same time in terms of thoughts and, and, and processes and everything. I'm like, why don't my doctors know about this manual? This is a scientific research thing about benzos. Why did no one fucking tell me? I'm so angry. So I already was losing my faith in my addiction doctor. And now it was just gone <laughs> because she, Dr. Heather Ashton, is describing everything that's happening to me right now. And you should have known and you didn't. Why did you not know? So many questions, so many questions. And I'm just so confused and bear with me for this episode, but it's hard to recollect that, you know, time of my life. So I'm trying to understand my fluorazepam in the equivalency chart, which also states the half-life and everything. What is half-life anyways? And potencies and things and I'm confused and I struggle a bit because I think it's like in the third column that she's doing the equation with you need this amount of original benzo to get to 10 milligrams of diazepam but I quickly figure out that my starting dose if I was to convert to diazepam should have been somewhere between 30 and 45 milligrams and I started at seven and when I read it I was at five and I am just, again, shell-shocked. And this whole conversion thing, it never happened. And I remember being so angry and furious because I remember not knowing anything about this at all that I specifically asked my addiction doctor, should I do some sort of conversion or, you know, should I be in a low dose of fluorazepam while I'm getting used to the diazepam? And he was just very strict, no, don't do it. Now, this is already, I'm going to tell you this. So all the doctors that I've seen in my process of benzodiazepine withdrawal, it seems to be the case that, w at least within my country, it is policy. It is policy not to do a conversion. It is po uh, policy to instantly switch you to an X amount of diazepam. Again, I can't stress this enough. I am confused. I am furious. I am scared of, I, but you know, I'm like, okay, this is me. This is about me. And apparently there were a lot of people that got really sick years ago. There were many millions of that went before me and suffered. Why did I get a benzodiazepine in the first place? And why long-term? I'm like, I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Well, at least it clarifies why I am super sick, why I almost died, why I'm having heart palpitations, why I'm unable to move. All these things are being described. So a lot of aha moments. And at the same time, I wish I never had to be there and discover this and get sick. And it's just such a complicated process to explain when, when I found this the first time. Eventually, it takes me months to actually kind of decipher the manual completely and also kind of take into account all the new developments that have taken place ever since because this was like 2000, 2001, somewhere now 1999, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of like an old research, um, but great. It's the only thing that we have. I wish we had more, but for now... In 2022, this is the only thing that we have that we can apply or, you know, have some sort of clue what's happening to us. So it's great. It's awesome. At the same time, I will say no ill word about 
Heather Ashton. I mean, she's a hero. Um, but I was really struggling because I'm like, okay, I should have started this way for sure. I, I should have known all about this, but reality is that I didn't start this way. And I'm on five milligrams of Valium diazepam right now. And I, I don't know what to do now. There is no protocol for people like me that are severely ill on a too low dose of a benzo. So even though I know things should have been started differently for me, um, it's just not my, my reality. And my reality is still that I feel like I want to come off. So wrongly, but you know, we live and learn by making a lot of mistakes in this process. I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. My, my, my taper process was just a lot of failure and learning as I went with a lot of suffering. I'm like, okay, so maybe this is true. This is true, but I, I am going to reduce anyway. I want to come off and I'm at five now. Maybe I'll slow down my pace. I don't know. I'm still kind of really have this force inside me that I want to come off as fast as I can. Um, but I'm so sick. It's just so complicated and difficult. But okay. So I think so in the, in the upcoming months, a lot happens. A lot. It's like a roller coaster ride, my, my taper process. Thinking while well, being convinced that this is what I needed and need now to come off safely, I approached my then addiction doctor. I'm like, have you heard about the Ashton Manual? No, he doesn't. Are you willing to read it? Well, I didn't get a, like a solid answer, but he ended up not reading it. So my frustration with this man, I am, I'm done with him. My patience is gone. My trust is gone. It's all gone. And I, I guess I start feeling a little bit better, maybe April, March, May in 2022. Still, it's still very rough. I'm barely sleeping. Um, but I would say definitely by May, I am doing somewhat better. I'm functioning. Um, it's still very rough. I have this depression going on. There's all these things going on. But at, at some point, I'm like, I feel unsafe at this clinic. Because if I would have listened to this addiction doctor, I would have surely died. And they're not taking me seriously. And now I actually have scientific proof that I'm not crazy. This is just benzodiazepine withdrawal and, you know, everything that comes with it. In my case, I'm one of those people that get severely ill from, you know, coming down off of benzodiazepines. So somewhere I kind of like gather my energy uh, and I'm like, I need to make sure that I find a prescriber that believes me because I feel unsafe at this addiction doctor. He left me to rot and die after cold turkey. I loathe this man. You know, I feel like so many things have should have gone differently during my whole process. And one of the things, it's just so easy, so simple. If he would have said to me, there are people that get extremely ill when they try to come off of benzos, you come back to me when this happens. You reinstate whatever benzo you were on, on the dosage you were on. I don't know how to help you, but we'll look into that. We, we, we will find other things. No. So I was really angry, and rightfully so. I'm still, ang I'm still angry with this man. Um, and I'm angry at a lot of people. I'm even angry at myself, you know? I mean, maybe all of us have that, like, oh gosh, maybe I should have known better, but we could have not known better. So 
But still, it's a struggle. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, so how do I do this now? Because I need someone to prescribe me these fucking pills, which I don't want nothing to do with. But apparently I will die and I'm going to need a prescriber that gives me my freaking pills that I don't want. So um, I approached the clinic and I'm just kind of very businesslike. Like, okay, I'm unhappy. I'm unsatisfied about this care. So either you set me up with someone else within your clinic or I will leave and find someone else who's going to prescribe these pills to me. Now, stuff happens. <laughs> Anyways, I end up with my psychiatrist, Jay, the one that was very friendly, which I had the intake with. So this happened somewhere May 2022. And at least I feel safe with her and she is willing to let me dictate my own taper. So essential, essential, but unfortunately not for everyone. Some people are being cut off and it's just horrible, but at least she was willing to listen to me. She had not read the Asher Manual then. Eventually she did. I'm not sure how much she read about it, but at least she did. I did have many discussions with her, which were okay. Um, there was one thing that she said, like we were kind of in like, within her team and her colleagues, they were like, maybe we need to cut you off or, you know, force the pace to be faster. I was like, mm. but she just, they decided eventually to just let me dictate my own taper. Like, well, good, because else I would have left. So, um, we get along. She's very sweet. And again, Jay will, um, make more, you know, visits in my podcast, um, so yeah, so um, let's see, discoveries and, oh right, so before I forget, because there were just many stories and I, I was finding so many things on the internet, so um, I have to share this story about Christy Huff. Uh, she is an MD, she's currently active for the Benzodiazepine Coalition, I think it's called, forgive me if I mispronounce it or I'm forgetting a word. Um, I read her blog quite soon. So Chrissy Huff is a doctor, or she was a practicing doctor. She got prescribed, I think, Xanax. And she got, like, interdose withdrawal. It was horrible. She didn't know what was wrong until she found Benzo Buddies and the Astro Manual. Her blog is basically her story about a year after she tapered. And she wasn't 100% well yet. Now, one of the things that I find, find fascinating about Chrissy Huff's story is that she's a doctor. So this happens to anyone. Benzodiazepines do not discriminate. It can happen to anyone. To the rich, to the poor, to the clever, to the less clever. Everyone could get sick from benzodiazepine. If you're a human being with a brain, you can suffer immensely. So, and next to that, so I'm like, okay, she was a doctor. or She's a doctor and she got really sick from benzos. And one of the things that I find interesting about Christy Huff's story is that she too was suffering from these heart palpitations severely like oh like that's that's my story I also have these heart palpitations and are bad and she was describing in her blog that she was taking beta blockers and after she tapered benzo she tapered the beta blockers I'm like okay so at least finding all these stories, finding the Ashton Manual, finding the Benzo book, everything. There's just so many similarities that I found. And so many people. I was just shocked by the amount of people that get really sick from Benzos. I'm like, wow, like a whole world opened for me. 
And I was like, okay, I'm one of them now. We are each other's family in a way. We only we know the horrors of coming off of benzos and how much agony that they can cause. Even so, that I read the story about, I think her name was Christine Ann Nowak, if I'm pronouncing it correctly again, may you rest in peace. I saw, uh, this was so shell-shocking to me. So I found her story, her husband wrote it, and I'm going to, this is hard. This is hard. So this is one of the people that didn't make it. And her husband describes how she got harmed by benzos and and the anguish that she had to go through just it rips the heart out of me. I could cry. I could cry. And there's a video of her as well being so jittery and wailing. And this was me months ago, like a month ago or two months ago. I was wailing when I couldn't move properly. I am just I, I, I can cry. It's just so horrible that it kills people. I'm sorry, but it's so hard. People are suffering so immensely. And it's just criminal. And she took her own life. And she left a husband and kids, everything. This was a normal woman. And people are dying and losing the fight. It just breaks my heart. I'm sorry. When I started making this podcast for the Dutch and for the English-speaking community, whatever, I just want to help people that they're not alone. I felt so alone when I was so sick. No one understood me. I was suffering beyond imagining, and they made me feel like I was insane and crazy. When we were we were normal people, and this is just so horrible. I mean, these drugs are just so awful. I just don't understand. I just don't understand how much harm these things are doing to all of us and ruining our lives. I mean, there's hope. I'm hopeful and I'm grateful for all the things that I still have. And I'm so glad that I recovered mostly, but it's just so horrible. It's so evil. How can these drugs promise us light and then give us, suck our souls away? Suck the life out of us. Make us die in the most horrendous way that you can imagine. Suffering that I never knew existed. It's just awful. It makes me sad. It makes me angry. And I, I just wish if I have like a magical wand, I want to I wanna do bad things to the people that did this to us. I know it's not good to say, but I want them to suffer the way that we suffered. To make them stop. Just make them stop. I mean, there's so many things that got to change. They've known benzos could do all these things for years. Like this was created in somewhere like 1960 or the 50s. I don't know. All these motherfucking drugs. They're horrible. And I think one of the most angry things that I feel is I would say that these are the worst drugs a person can get in their bodies, in their systems. Granted, maybe for short-term, like very short-term, that's a whole discussion on its own. What is short-term? But doctors should not be the ones prescribing these motherfucking drugs. They have too much power. There is just so much things, many things happening in the world right now. So there are doctors that are getting us hooked on these pills. And then in some cases, they decide that we should come off they cause so much agony 
And there's so many people that lost this fight and they're still losing the fight and we're still fighting in 2022. This is like a drug that was created in the 60s, 50s. Again, why? 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 I am just so pissed off. And I will, I will get into everything more detailed later, so bear with me again. But in the Netherlands, there is no black box warning stating that we could fucking die when we stop taking this drug. I would have liked to know. I would have liked informed consent because probably I would never have taken this drug. And if I would have taken it, I would have taken it out of pure despair for like one or two days, but knowing that this would not be a long-term solution. Gosh, I never knew that making a podcast about this topic would be so, so challenging. But what I intend to do with my podcast, not only create awareness, but also just share the collective knowledge that I have, you know, taken in in these past few months, because I feel like there are solutions. There are ways out of this hellhole. There is hope. And I'm hopeful. And if I'm hopeful, gosh, I thought I wouldn't, I, I didn't think I would survive. I didn't think I, I shouldn't have maybe survived. I don't know, but I am doing so much better now. There is hope. And believe me, I think there's hope for everyone. We just need to know what to do. And we need understanding, compassion. We need love. And unfortunately, we need motherfucking benzos to come off. So pardon my French, pardon my emotion, but maybe it makes it more authentic. I don't know. This is just really me being upset about everything and wanting to warn the world. Not only warn the world, but how to safely come off them. And Now, in another podcast episode, I will be revisiting Benzo Buddies. So I read about Benzo Buddies in Jack Hobson's book, The Benzo Book, uh, which in he referred to an online platform about people having similarities and dealing with benzodiazepines. I discovered the website in February 2022, but I am just severely ill. And I have to say, this website, it seems like it was created in 1995 and never got a revamp. And I was kind of struggling navigating throughout this website. I mean, I'm super grateful that it's there. Um, but for now, for this episode, so I basically, I discover the website. I ask a question to the community. I'm expecting if there's a response, I'll get an email. That does not happen. And I kind of forget about the website. So I feel like I've got the Ashton Manual and I have other stories and things and books. Um, so I kind of forget about the website. And it's uh, in May 2022 that I kind of rediscover the website, learn how it works, and start being more active on the platform. But for now, that, that was kind of it that I wanted to mention. So I did find Benzo Buddies. I just didn't know how to navigate myself and... Um, so I wasn't really active on Benzo Buddies up till May 2022. So by the end of this episode, I have found a lot of wisdom while being in Benzo Hell. And for this episode, I do want to do an addition. Um, because I think one of my first questions, obviously, why am why am I getting so sick? But one of my predominant questions became: what do I do now that I've tapered too rapidly? And the way that I'm going to do this is I am going to say something to my former self in that situation that I was on five milligrams of diazepam discovering what was going on. 
So maybe that's the best way to cover this. So do not, you know, literally do the same. Um, consult whoever has some wisdom. So Benzo buddies or the Ashton Manual. So um, I say this with great care. So this is me talking to my former self. So there were two options for me as far as I'm concerned. The, the first thing would be, though, do not make more cuts in this time because you've already gone so fast, way too fast, and you're so sick. Do not make another reduction until you stabilize. So that would be the first thing that I would recommend my former self. The second thing, though, is I would have updosed. I would have definitely updosed with everything that I know now because the difference between five milligrams of diazepam in the course of like three months that I started a taper where I should have started between 30 and 45, and I was so severely ill, I would have updosed. I would have updosed to let's say perhaps 10 milligrams of diazepam or maybe even 15. Of course, there's all these drawbacks, and I don't think I could have convinced my former self to updose. And, you know, there's, there's, there's many options that one can do. And I was just too much. I want to come off updosing. I don't think it would have been an, I don't think I would have been able to convince myself. However, with the knowledge that I have now, I would have updosed to some sort of like an X amount of diazepam and stabilized then. And yes, the journey would have been longer, but I would have, it, I think it would have been worth for myself. But at least I think I would have been able to convince my former self not to do any more reductions. So stay on five milligrams of diazepam for a while. You know, I don't know how long, but at least what that I was able to function and not have seizures all the time and just still be so deathly ill. So I just want to add that because that was my question. Like, what do I do? Well, you do not reduce if you're deathly ill and not able to function. That's what I would say to my former self. And I just, I really should have started with a higher dose of diazepam. If, if I would have done the diazepam, that is also a very good question with everything that I know now. But in that state, on five milligrams of diazepam, it was just so agonizing and terrible. So I, I just really wanted to do that addition for this episode. And I will, at some point in my podcast, share what I think are your options in terms of coming off of benzodiazepines and rather not to do a conversion or stay on your original benzo. I will get to everything. Believe me. Thank you for listening to the episode. Be well, be safe. Remember, it's not a race. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, go to paypal.me slash